Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello and welcome to our inaugural version of Through the Noise. In this weekly podcast, we will take a look at economic and financial market developments over the past week, discuss what it all means for our asset class preferences and flag the key things to watch out in the coming week. So it's been an eventful start to the year. Omicron cases hit over 1 million in a single day in the US and minutes from the December Fed meeting pointed to an even more hawkish stance than markets had thought was likely. As a result, bond markets sold off sharply and equity markets saw some volatility, especially in our favoured tech sector. Today, I have with me Audrey Go, who runs our asset allocation and thematic strategy divisions, and she joins me to discuss how bad it might get for developed market investment grade bonds, what this means for different um, equity sectors, and we'll also discuss recent developments in China and what this means for the Asia US dollar bond market. And finally, we will wrap up with our thoughts on the recent break higher in dollar yen. So, Audrey, thanks for joining me. Uh, let's get started with US government bond yields, uh, which obviously shot higher in the opening days of the year. Can you give us a sense of the causes of this and where we're likely to go from here? Well, thanks, Steve, for having me. Um, the US Treasury bond yield have risen quite sharply, driven by two factors in our view. Uh, first, the impact from Omicron has been much milder than expected. While we have seen a surge in global infected cases, the impact on hospitalization has been, in fact, uh, much lower compared to a previous variant. And as a result, we have not really seen a significant hit to mobility or economic activities resulting in a reduction for safe haven demand. The second factor is, as you mentioned, um, the FOMC minutes, which were more hawkish than expected. And there, the Fed indicated concerns over higher inflation against a backdrop of a pretty robust, strong economy and that they may start looking to reduce the size of their balance sheet later this year, thereby pushing bond yields higher. There are several counter forces to that in our view, which leads us to believe that uh, inflationary pressure will likely subside later this year. Uh, for example, we've got the US fiscal cliff, which will likely be a drag on growth by the second half. Um, increased availability of booster shots as well will allow more workers to return to the job markets, reducing upward pressure on wages. And certainly, business after a year of tight supply are also increasing their capacity and rebuilding inventory, which should, which should also ease pressure off prices. And last but not least, we have all seen a strong you know, US dollar in late 2021 and also early parts of this year. This will also act as a counterforce to much higher inflation in 2022. While the odds of a less accommodative Fed policy have risen in the near term, uh, we do expect inflation to subside gradually as we go through the year, which should lead to the Federal Reserve to be more measured in their rate hike as we progress through 2022. So in summary, we just expect one Fed rate hike this year compared to three to four currently priced by financial markets. And the risk is, of course, that the pandemic-related product and labour supply constraints uh, could lead to more rate hikes than we are currently expecting. In the near term, in terms of the levers we expect on the US 10-year government bond yield, uh, we see 177 and subsequent, subsequently 197 or around 2% as key resistance level. And on a full-year basis, our central scenario is that the 10-year the uh, US government bond yield will be in the range of around 1.75 to around 2% range by the end of this year, uh, even though some short-lived overshoot is certainly possible. 
Okay, so yields are still biased modestly higher, but you expect things to settle down later in the year. What does this mean for our equity sector preferences? Well, higher yields should benefit banks because they can earn higher interest income and alongside with robust economic growth underpinning the demands for loans as well as financial services, um, higher yields should boost banks' earnings, right? And one of our preferred ways to uh, benefit from this is really through the European financial sectors, where we expect would outperform the broader markets uh, over the next 6 to 12 months. So in addition um, from a high, from a you know the tailwinds from higher bond yields, uh, the sector also is quite attractively valued, trading at over 30% discount to the broader European equity markets. However, higher yields, on the other hand, uh, tend to be a headwind for equity valuation in certain sectors, especially for stocks with um, high you know, price-to-earnings multiples as they derive their cash flows from out far into the future, which will now be discounted lower with higher bond yields. And the technology sector falls into this camp because it trades at uh, high multiples and their cash flow are also expected to grow the further you go into the future. Um, we do have a preferred view of US and European tech sector over the next 6 to 12 months and use may have to stabilize before these sectors can outperform. But with that being said, um, over the long term, if we look at uh, for the tech sectors, use have had a, a rather weak correlation with tech sector performance, where the predominant driver for stock returns has been much more superior earnings growth compared to the broad markets. And we continue to see strong structural earnings growth supporting both uh, the, the US as well as European tech sectors to outperform over the next 6 to 12 months. Okay, let's uh, change tack and, and move a bit closer to home. So obviously we've seen some significant spread compression in, in US uh, Asia-US dollar bonds lately, uh, which suggests people may agree with us that the worst is behind, uh, behind uh, in terms of the stress that we saw last year. Um, what are your thoughts here? Well, we have seen Asian US dollar bond spread tighten by, by more than 40 basis points over the past week. Um, we have seen increased signs of policy, uh, policy loosening and also states stepped in by Chinese authorities recently. Uh, for example, they reduced the, the PBOC reduced their uh, loan prime rate for the first time in almost two years. And other than that, we also saw um, some local government-backed entities raising their stakes in distressed uh, Chinese property developers, which may have also led to a tighter uh, credit spreads. Um, in our view, the odds of a further recovery in Asian US dollar bond remains on the table. And we, we would watch out for the following factors. Uh, for example, further signs of loosening in monetary policies or on property industry-specific measures. Um, any further state-owned entities, for example, building up distressed developers. And of course, any improvements in corporate fundamentals will also be quite key. Um, certainly, over the next few months, credit selection will continue to be important, with uh, Chinese real estate developers reaching an intensive debt repayment window in the coming months. Uh, but with that being said, the current credit spreads have also priced in significant default risk in our view. So there is good value and the risk reward is also attractive. So in addition to um, Asian US dollar bond, we also like developed market high yield bonds where Although you know, valuations are looking rather expensive, but default rates will likely remain low through this year. And also developed market high-yield bonds also tend to do well when the Fed begins their hiking cycle historically. Um, so both DM high-yield as well as Asian US dollar bond remains our preferred areas within bond. 
Okay, uh, finally, let's move on to FX markets. Also, been an interesting start to the year, especially for dollar yen. Um, so, we've seen that rally strongly um, this year. Uh, what's the near term outlook? So, we have seen um, US dollar yen uh, pushing above its uh, late 2021 highs on more hawkish than expected comments from the Fed. And as mentioned before, this has driven the US government bond yields sharply higher putting downward pressure on the yen in the first couple of days of the year. In the coming days and potentially weeks, uh, we do expect US yen, US dollar yen resistance at around 116, 117. Um, but with technicals looking rather overbought, um, any further sharper rally from here may be short-lived in our view. Um, however, in terms of the longer term, uh, we do believe that the long-term US dollar yen trend is actually up. So we do expect that uh, if there were to be any correction towards the 113 to 114 level, uh, that would likely attract buyers on the dip. Uh, certainly a key support level uh, needs to be held in order for the uptrend to be validated. And that's the 112.50 mark, which is quite important. So, so long we do not see a break below here, uh, we do see US dollar yen as a buy on dip uh, pair in our view. Yeah, and I guess a, a weak yen bias is consistent with our six to twelve month bullish outlook on risk assets um, such as equities and high yield bonds. Well, Audrey, thank you so much for your insights today. That's all we have time for, and thank you all for listening uh, into our first Through the Noise podcast. I look forward to talking to you next week. And in the meantime, you can catch up with our new daily podcast series, Cut to the Chase, which we are launching on Monday with Manpreet Gill as the host. As always, feel free to subscribe, rate and like our podcast series. Take care and we wish you a healthy and prosperous 2022. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.